at One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly Scholar Newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to Connect the Conspiracy with your host, Larry Elise. Join him as he dives into some of the biggest conspiracies in history and attempts to separate fact from fiction. Welcome to Connect the Conspiracy Podcast. I am your host, Larry Lease. In today's episode, we're diving into the murder of Pope John Paul. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex, for sponsoring this episode. What is Poddex, you ask? That is a great question. Poddex is the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or just gamify their podcast. You simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. You can get yours today at poddex.com. Use code Larry21 for 10% off your order. They even have a digital deck based on conspiracy theories. And now let's dive into our main topic. Discrepancies in the Vatican's account of the events surrounding Papa John Paul's death, its inaccurate statements about who found the body, what he had been reading, when, where, and whether or not the topsy could be carried out, produced a number of conspiracy theories, many associated with the Vatican Bank, which owned many shares in Baco and Bragiano. Apologies for saying these names wrong. Some conspiracy theorists connected the death of John Paul in September 1978 with the image of the, quote, Bishop dressed in white, said to have been seen by Lucia Santos and her cousin's Francisco Marteau during the visitations of Our Lady of 
Fatima in 1917. In a letter to a colleague, John Paul had said he was deeply moved by meeting her and vowed to perform the consecration of Russia in accordance with her vision. Pope John Paul I died suddenly in September 1978, 33 days after his election, following contradictory reports about the circumstances of his death and apparent anomalies about the issuing of the death certificate and other procedures. Several conspiracy theories have gained currency. Many of these concern the serious corruption in the Vatican Bank, possibly linked to Freemasonry, which is forbidden by church law. So far, none of these claims have been substantiated. So there are a number of conspiracy theories that exist surrounding Pope John Paul I. I think, other than JFK's assassination, Lincoln's assassination, this is probably one of the topics that has a lot of conspiracy theories. But first, we're going to take a look at David Yallop. David Yallop's 1984 book, In God's Name, proposed the theory that the Pope had been in, quote, potential danger because of corruption in the Vatican Bank. The Vatican's most powerful financial institution, which owned many shares in Banco Ambrosiano, the Vatican Bank lost about a quarter of a billion dollars. The corruption was real, and it is known to involve the bank's head, Bishop Paul Marquinhos, along with Roberto Calvi of the Banco, Banco Ambrosiano. Marquinhos at the time head of the Vatican Bank, was indicted in Italy in 1982 as an accessory in the $3.5 billion collapse of the bank. Calvi was a member of P2, an illegal Italian Masonic lodge. He was found dead in London in 1982 after disappearing just before the corruption became public. His death had initially ruled a suicide, and a second inquest ordered by his family then returned an open verdict. Upon publication of his book, Yallop agreed to donate every penny he made from sales to a charity of the Vatican's choice if they agreed to investigate his central claim that when the body of the Pope was discovered, his contorted hand gripped a piece of paper that was later destroyed because it named high-ranking members of the Curia who were Freemasons and others who had a role in numerous corruption scandals in the laundering of mafia drug money. One of the names believed to be on the paper was that of Bishop Paul Marcinus who was later promoted by Pope John Paul II to pro-president of Vatican City, making him the third most powerful person in the Vatican, after the Pope and the Secretary of State. None of Yalp's claims, which are unproven, has thus far been acknowledged by the Vatican, although Yalp disclosed a number of Masonic Lodge members from the Curia, whom he alleged to be Freemasons, within the pages of his book. There is a papal ban of Freemasonry, and it is forbidden by church law for a Roman Catholic to be a Freemason. Yallop specifically summarized his conspiracy theory in his book, Three Archbishops. Marcinus, Villet, Villat, and Cody conspired with three mafia types. Calvi, Sindona, and Gelli, if I'm saying that right, in the murder of John Paul I. Quote, it was clear that these six men had a great deal to fear that the papacy of John Paul I should continue. All of them stood to gain in a variety of ways if John Paul I should suddenly die. In his book, A Thief in the Night, British historian and journalist excuse me, John Cornwell examines and challenges Yallop's points of suspicion. Yallop's murder theory requires that the Pope's body be found 
at 4.30 or 4.45 a.m., one hour earlier than official reports estimated. He based this on an early story by Vatican Radio and the Italian news service, ANSA, that garbled the time and misrepresented the layout of the papal apartments. Yallop says he had testimony from Sister Vincenza Tapparel, the nun who found the Pope's body to this effect, but refused to show Cornwell the transcripts. And as we continue to go through all these conspiracy theories, I apologize for saying these names right. I'm not good with Italian. So next up, theologian Abe Georges de Nantes. He spent much of his life building a case for murder against the Vatican, collecting statement from, statements from people who knew the Pope before and after his election. His writings go into detail about the banks and John Paul's supposed discovery of a number of Freemason priests in the Vatican along with a number of his proposed reforms and devotion to Our Lady of Fatima. Next up, we have the scene Gregor. Gregor builds on his forerunners, benefiting from events not available to the others when they wrote their books. Quote, I owe a great debt of gratitude to my predecessors. Had Yellow not laid out the blueprint, had Cornwall not told the truth, had Manhattan not struck on the plot, I could have never been I could have never written my book. Avro Manhattan linked the CIA to the murder of John Paul I. Quote, the CIA resolved to destroy John Paul I before he would destroy a Vatican subservient to the will of the US. In September nineteen seventy eight, with the growing likelihood that US President Jimmy Carter would cut off funds to strongmen. Anastasia Somoza, the CIA, feared if Nicaragua fell to the Marxists and Danistas, the U.S. would soon be looking at a half dozen many Cubans in Central America. The suspected CIA covert agent, the Archbishop of Chicago, Cardinal John Cody, visited the Polish Cardinal, later to become John Paul II, in Krakow during the papacy of John Paul I. What Gregor brings to the table is a complete record of the courts that tried the bank scandal. From the transaction that took place on October 26, 1978, six days after John Paul II took office, which investor was first contacted on September 15, 1978, midway through the papacy of John Paul I, to the last transaction in 1981, when Benko Ambrosiano was caught funneling hundreds of millions of dollars through the Vatican Bank to Nicaragua and Panama to the benefit of Somoza and the Contras to a lesser extent solidarity. Hence Gregor's conspiracy theory, quote, the conspiracy that planned the Vatican Bank scandal was the same conspiracy that plotted the murder of John Paul I. And now... The Tridentine Mass. According to the Catholic Traditionalist Movement Organization, their founder, Friar Gomard de Paul, was to have gone to Rome to help John Paul I reestablish the Tridentine Mass. He stayed in on the 15th anniversary of the Pope's death. Well, I tell you one thing. If he had remained Pope, you, would, you wouldn't have me here at the chapel because with that beautiful official letter signed by the Secretary of State, also came out of unofficial message that I'd better start packing my suitcase, that there was a job waiting for me in Rome, in the Vatican, to help Pope John Paul I bring the truth back to the church. 
Well, it wasn't to be, and the Lord, who knows what he does, obviously wanted me to be in this chapel. What was I going to do in Rome? Well, let's just forget about it. Other prominent traditional Catholic websites not related to CTM have suggested that John Paul I may have been assassinated to prevent the restoration of the Mass. In his 2017 book, The Godmother, Mondre Pascalina Friar Charles Murr writes about the coincidence that Pope John Paul I had attempted to discipline Cardinal Sebastiano Baggio, who appointed many liberal bishops, including later the defrocked ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, and that Cardinal Baggio was the last person to have seen Pope John Paul I alive. And then we take a look at Anthony Raimondi in his book, When the Bullet Hits the Bone, published in 2019. Anthony Raimondi, a nephew of Lucky Luciano, says he helped his cousin, Archbishop Paul Marcinus, kill the Pope by putting Valium in his tea to knock him out, then poisoning him with cyanide. The reason given was that John Paul had allegedly threatened to expose a massive stock fraud run by Vatican insiders. Raimondi says that plans were made to also assassinate John Paul II, and the latter decided to expose the fraud. Raimondi says that, quote, if they take the Pope's body and do any type of testing, they will still find traces of the poison in his system. Let us know in the comments section below. Do you think Pope John Paul I was murdered? Let us know. Let us know your theories. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ctc podcast and as always thank you so much for watching and listening we will see you next time you have been watching connect the conspiracy with your host larry Luis. follow us on twitter at ctc podcast one and on facebook.com slash connect the conspiracy you can also find us on instagram at connect the conspiracy if you'd like, you can support the show by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. Thank you for joining us. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com.